Welcome to the Ag Emerge podcast brought to you by Ag Solutions Network. We're here to move the ag paradigm forward by helping you regenerate your soils using new ideas, research, and emerging technologies. Get ready to improve your soil, your crops, your livestock, and your family's livelihood. I'm Kim Sheese. And I'm Monty Bottens. And we're your hosts. Thanks for joining us. It's hard to believe we've been doing this Ag Emerge podcast for a year and a half. And we've been fortunate to have some really great guests. And we hope we've caused you to expand your thinking about all things soil health and what's happening in your operation. Today, we're doing a reboot with a podcast we recorded with Dr. James White early in our podcast. Why? Because this is some cool research that is really helping us to understand that incredible interaction between plants, microbes, and the soil. And honestly, it's a big deal. Dr. White is professor of plant biology at Rutgers University, and he and his students are conducting research on beneficial microbes that inhabit plant tissue. Well, in this podcast, it's part one of a two-part series, Dr. White discusses the rhizophagy cycle, a mechanism where plants attract microbes and acquire needed nutrients. But even more interesting, there's a mechanism where plants can actually cultivate their most beneficial microbes and then populate the soil with those microbes so that they can maximize their nutrient acquisition. We're looking at the soil, plant, and microbe interaction from a whole new perspective. We explore what plants are actually doing to help bring those microbes in through the root hairs. It's just a lot of great stuff to listen to. So won't you join us as we listen to this first part of that podcast? Ag Emerge is all about bringing together farmers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And today we're speaking with Dr. James White, a thought leader and a professor of plant pathology at Rutgers University. So welcome, Dr. White. Thank you, Kim. I was excited because your research has led to an understanding of what has been termed the rhizophagy cycle and studying how plants harness microbes to acquire nutrients. And so we've heard a lot about that at Ag Emerge. People were super excited. But I was just wondering before we started talking about that, I'd love to know what initially got you interested in this research in the very beginning. Well, that's a a good question. It's actually been a lot of years. Uh, When I was an undergraduate, I uh, worked in a laboratory at Auburn University where uh, scientists were beginning to study uh, the grass endophytes and tall fescue grass and perennial ryegrass. And so as an undergraduate, I was introduced to this area you know, looking for these endophytic microbes in plants. And then when I went to my PhD, I picked up this this similar problem and I started to develop that, the study mostly on fungi. Uh, And then uh, about eight years ago, we decided that, uh, that we're missing all of these other kinds of microbes. So we expanded to look at, endophytic microbes in other plants. And, you know, one thing led to another. We discovered we discovered that some of these microbes were being degraded in plants. Uh, we started to track them inside plants, looking at other kinds of plants, all kinds of different plants that we were looking at, mostly seedlings. And then we were visualizing these microbes in the plants and also trying to track the nutrients, uh, movement of nutrients from the microbes into the, into the plant. So uh, 
it's been a long road. I mean, this is, you know, almost 40 years studying endophytes uh, to more recently come to this understanding of how the rhizophagy cycle is working. That's fascinating, the, the time frame that you talk about there, Dr. White, because, you know, just now in commercial marketplace, you know, uh, selected uh, forage grasses with different endophytes are just being discussed and marketed. I think it's really come out in the last three years or so where some different companies have taken hold of some of that research that you did at Auburn and have really looked at, uh, you know, endophyte-specific grasses that have uh, improved, um, improved cycles. So it's amazing how long sometimes those ideas take it to make it to market, isn't it? It really, it really is amazing. Uh, sometimes, you know, the world isn't ready for some kind of work to appear, you know, and now I think the world is ready. You know, people are, the market is out there. People are looking at biologicals and wondering how they work. So uh, any science, I think any science that uh, will uh, help explain how these microbials work uh, is is being welcomed. Yeah, it, it is interesting. And it's, uh, uh, I remember we've been, you know, that's one of the key components of our business is uh, microbiological products. And I've been using them on my own farm since 1996. So 23 years. And, and really up until when corn prices got really high, uh, prior to that, they were snake oil and now they're the cool thing. So it's, it's fascinating how some things can go from scorned to, oh, that's, that's what you have to have now. So um, the reason I relate that is that, that's very similar to research you did in, with the endophytes. And now, oh, that's the cool thing that everybody wants is, uh, you know, uh, certain endophyte packages within their forage grasses. And, and likely what you're doing now, understanding the rhizophagy cycle, is, is going to transfer forward, you know, 20 years from now into something that uh, has, has a real producer uh, opportunity to have customized uh, plants that can, you know, get the nutrients that they need based on how they signal the microbes. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit, Kim. I apologize. We, oh. We're in background and, and Dr. White and I are just jumping forward into the future. So that that's that's my problem. <laughs> no, I, I think that's great. I, I like to go where that conversation goes. So yeah, but don't go you, right ahead. Don't you see, uh, Dr. White, where that, you know, the the, the future of, of, of what you're doing today is going to take what do you think, in your opinion, to really be utilized for, for a farmer? Well, I, I do think that I think it needs to be, uh, I mean, right now we have a rudimentary understanding of what's going on. You know, fortunately, it's something that, you know, with the rhizophagy cycle, it's something that's really interesting and something that uh, explains a lot of what we're seeing with our the benefits of the biologicals that people put on plants, put on the soils, and how that benefits plants. And so it explains uh, in scientific, ecological, scientific terms, what's going on in the plants and in the soils. Uh, so I, I, think that, I think that's the benefit of it that uh, right now and why it's being welcomed uh, and embraced. But I think the full benefit is going to require research with individual microbes and individual crops, you know, so that we could 
figure out, you know, which microbes or which mix of microbes is optimal for each crop. Maybe, you know, a series of products that will, you know, involve a different mix of microbes that go on the plant. Perhaps also some seed treatments, a particular ones to give the seedlings a benefit. Uh, agronomic research to show, you know, what what plant, how the plants benefit in the long run and so forth, you know. So I think, uh, you know, right now we have just the beginnings, you know, just the nucleus of what we need to start to take advantage of, of, of this process in plants. But, the, you know, the real key is, is when you're able to identify what those principles are and, and the basic science behind what, what is driving the cycle and, and driving plant microbial interactions, then from there, we can build upon that that solid foundation. You know, in the past, it's been we haven't had, uh, you know, the technology needed to identify the, the diversity of uh, microbial uh, individual microbes or the complexity of microbial communities until just recently. Uh, so a lot of the stuff we've done in the past has just been luck, you know. And and now the now the the nice part about the science and 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 work that you're doing is it's catching up to what we've what we've done and observed. Uh, but the good news going forward is, is um, rather than relying on luck, we can we can rely on uh, uh, a solid foundation to to build upon, which should accelerate research in um, you know in in the microbiome uh, of of plants and ultimately into uh, the animals that eat them. So um, it's pretty exciting. I, I I think that's right, Monte. I think that uh, you know we're only beginning now. You know, there's a lot more we have to learn. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm keen on experimentation and individual experiments, you know, isolating the microbes and doing experiments with them to figure out exactly what they're doing. Uh, but we're still on the level of, you know, trying to understand exactly how the rhizophagy cycle works, you know, testing movement of individual nutrients into plants and how different microbes might acquire those nutrients. Mm -hmm. uh, still trying to understand the mechanism by which I mean, two important mechanisms are how actually do the root tips internalize those microbes. You know, there are a couple of theories out there, but that's what we have, you know, these theories. And it's hard. I mean, we know they internalize them, but what's the process? What's hap actually happening to, to do that? What are plants doing to bring those microbes into the plant cells? And then the other, the other part, which we could see, and is really cool, is when the plant ejects the microbes from the root hairs. You know, that's really cool. We can see that. We see it happening. Uh, but exactly how does it work, right? How does that mechanism exactly work? I mean, you know, a plant, the plant, root hair, moving the microbes around. Then at some point, it starts to cont contract or expand inside the inside the hair and then just that expansion goes up and then squirts those microbes out into the soil. So, you know, exactly physiologically, how does that work? So we're still focusing on things like that, which, you know, and that's not even on the agronomic aspects, you know, that's, you know, it's just hard to do when you're just, you know, one, two, three, four labs worldwide working on this, you know, how it's, you know, how you make a great deal of progress. It's just slow. Yes. Well, just to, um, I probably got a little, um, you know, cart ahead of the horse, uh, interaction here. Um, 
for those who didn't uh, weren't able to be at Aggie Merge this year, um, we should back up just a little bit and explain what the what the rise of phagy cycle is and 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 how you discovered this with the the eye process that you and your team came up with, and, and just kind of give us a little overview of that of that cycle and 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 what you have, have discovered to get to this point that we are today. Okay, so um, to define the rhizophagy cycle, uh, this is a cycle uh, that involves soil microbes, and these microbes uh, will alternate between going inside roots of plants, they go in the roots, and then they will also cycle into the soil. So they go between the soil, in the soil, they acquire nutrients, soil nutrients. They're attracted back to the roots where they enter into the roots with those nutrients. And then the plant uses reactive oxygen in order to extract nutrients from those microbes. And some of those microbes are actually degraded. Uh, but at the same time, uh, those surviving microbes will uh, stimulate root hair development. And when the root hairs form, these microbes, the cloned microbes, increase in numbers inside those root hairs, and then they're ejected from the tips of the root hairs, from pores in those root hairs. So they're just squirted right out into the soil. And successively, successive squirts, it's not like one at a time, it's, it is a, a periodic ejection of microbes from the hairs into the soil. Then at some point, again, uh, in the future, we don't know what determines this periodicity, but these periods, but then another ejection occurs and so forth as those root hairs elongate. When there's no more microbes in the root hairs, they stop elongating. So uh, we hypothesize at this point that the actual function of root hairs may be to move those microbes out into the rhizosphere where they can get more nutrients uh, for the plant. So this is a rhizophagy cycle is a mechanism where plants acquire nutrients from the soil using the microbes as the carriers of those nutrients. It's also a mechanism where plants can cultivate their most beneficial microbes and populate the soil with those beneficial microbes so that they can maxim maximize uh, nutrient acquisition. But these microbes are also protecting plants from disease. They're affecting, they go out and they, they will uh, colonize uh, uh, pathogenic fungi, potentially pathogenic fungi, and make them less uh, pathogenic, probably by draining their nutrients away. Um, so it's a process that, that that uh, we think is very important in plants, critical, really. And we're hoping that in time, you know, we'll fully understand how this process is working and the benefits and so what microbes are involved and so forth. Okay, so for, for the folks that are listening to the podcast right now, they, they might want to pause and rewind about four minutes and, and listen to that again because what Dr. White just talked about right there um, uh, whoever's printing textbooks uh, today for agronomy and, and other plant science uh, textbooks has probably got some rewriting to do in there because uh, if, uh, 
from what I remember being uh, taught is that root hairs uh, express themselves in areas of uh, nutrient rich soil to acquire nutrients where what, what you're seeing is that not only are plant roots uh, acquiring uh, the microbe by breaking down its cell wall, that's oxidizing its cell wall and bringing in just the protoplast. So the protoplast is, is, is a microbe with, without a cell wall. And then inside of it, the plant is deciding, I've got you know, 300 different organisms inside of me right now, and, and these two functional groups is what I need to resist a pathogen attack or to help me uh, maybe change the oxidative state of manganese in the soil to make it less hospitable to fusarium, or maybe I need to, uh, uh, I find that I'm deficient in a certain micronutrient or a certain macronutrient uh, that maybe I'm deficient in phosphorus, so I need to select uh, certain microbes that are going to uh, elevate phosphorus to a, you know, a, a acidic form that I can use as a plant. So I'm going to select those ones that I need at this moment in time, and I'm going to incubate them within my nursery, my, my, my microbe nursery. I'm sorry to, if you're laughing at my terms here, Dr. No, White. No, perfectly uh, fine. I, I like it, actually. Uh, <laughs> microbe nursery. So, Good. Roots are a microbe nursery. Uh, so they, you, the plant says, I need these um, of the 300 I have on board right now. I, I need these uh, five and I'm going to incubate those up. And now that they, I have, um, you know, increased the number, I think you were saying they can bring in one, one and make uh, 50 protoplasts rather regularly. And then, then they'll go ahead and extend the root hair and create like an internal pressure mechanism and conveyance system within the roots to eject those protoplasts uh, back outside of the root system where they reform their cell wall, go to work, uh, do, do what their job is, and then if the plant needs them, they actually move through the soil back to the root tip uh, to be reacquired and repropagated. Is, am, is, that, is that this fascinating that, that is simplification? You you filled in a lot of gaps that I left, Monte. You really got it. Uh, the, the thing is, okay, here I'm going to, okay, you pointed out that uh, what happens with the microbes, with the bacteria or with fungi, if they go inside yeast particularly, when they go inside the, the, the tip, root tip, inside those cells in that paraplasmic space, which is underneath the cell wall, but outside the plasma membrane of the root cell, when they're trapped in that space, they are exposed to superoxide. Superoxide is a very potent form of reactive oxygen, and that will strip away the cell walls. And the cell wall removal is actually pretty important because some of the nutrients that plants need are actually held on the cell walls of those microbes. That cell walls of microbes are sticky and they have, uh, they're actually a negative charge, and these metals, particularly iron and magnesium and zinc, have a negative have a positive charge and they just stick right to the walls. So stripping away those walls is the source of those nutrients. And then what happens, as you pointed out, those microbes become protoplasts. And there's fancy terms, which we're not gonna get into, but a protoplast essentially is a cell without a cell wall. And it's important that they form protoplasts, not only because they give away nutrients when they lose their cell walls, but they also divide differently when they're protoplast. A protoplast is just a sac. Uh, it doesn't need to divide into, it can break into many, many little pieces. And that's what happens when these 
microbes are being cloned inside the plant to make multiple copies. And uh, it, uh, a lot of those protoplasts are formed. We can visualize them being formed. And then there's, as you pointed out, they're squirted out of the tips of those root hairs. And it's, it's right as it is, I mean, we would consider it dogma that root hairs function to absorb nutrients. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the level now where we question the dogma is that really the function of root hairs? You know, we, the alternate function, according to the rhizophagy cycle, would be movement, uh, an elevator, a, a, a conveyor belt of those microbes back out into the soil where they can acquire additional nutrients. So, and, and we do know this, we do know that after those root hairs uh, eject all their microbes, they no longer elongate. They don't get any longer. Uh, they stop growing, and shortly thereafter, they die. Okay, now, you know, maybe they are absorbing nutrients from the soil also. You know, so, I mean, certainly they do increase the root surface area. But, you know, it's, it's yet to be determined if the primary function of those root hairs is in absorbing those nutrients rather than moving those microbes back out into the soil. Right now, we favor that they're the elevator that moves microbes to the soil. Uh, whether they absorb, we don't know. We do know that, my, that nutrients actually go out the hairs to feed those microbes once they're ejected, you know, rather than, rather than being absorbing nutrients from the tips, you know, going back in. You know, so they're actually ejected out with those microbes because we know that because the microbes grow after they're ejected. So they're getting nutrients. Yeah, it's a fa fascinating process that turns our thinking about plants and how they get nutrients and the role of these microbes. It turns it on its head. It's sort of a new reality. If you take the perspective of the rhizophagy cycle, then a lot of other things start to make sense. You know, like, you know, how a lot of these microbes from the roots will actually inhibit other fungi, for example, or other microbes. And it, and it may be that that inhibition is not simply to protect the plant from disease, but instead is the process of getting nutrients by causing those other microbes to leak nutrients so that those Rhizophagy microbes can take those nutrients from them, from pathogenic fungi, for example, and then carry those back to the plant. So there's a lot of this in the literature where we understand the pieces of what's going on, but now putting them in the perspective of the rhizophagy cycle lets us build the story, right? Let's us build an understanding, a better understanding of, and, and it really is fascinating the the idea that plants that plants are doing this. And the plants are controlling these microbes like this. It's it's really a new understanding, and we wouldn't get to that in the kind of the basic kind of black box type science, you know, where we grind the whole plant up and then we analyze the pieces, you know, whether it's genomics or any other kind of you know physiological analysis. We wouldn't get to it like that. The only way to find that is to see it, see it happening. So whenever I give a talk about the rhizophagy cycle, what I try to do is I try to show 
everybody the pieces of it and how it works so they could visualize it. Right? And if they can see it and visualize it for themselves, then they can, you know, then they can see that there's something going on here that we haven't realized that may be extremely important. So that's my my talks really are to convince people, you know, that this is happening in plants through images mostly and through experiments. Right. It's uh, so in in talking about how the understanding of the rhizophagy cycles helped to bring a lot of the basic science research papers together to put kind of meaning and understanding to why these things plug plug together in a system. You know, I've also kind of uh, noticed it based on what our observations have been with um, just field observations. So one of the things I've looked for for years when I go out to check uh, fields, I always dig and look at root systems. And if you can see uh, root tip expansion, you'll, you'll see typically maybe a half inch in, in warm weather pretty, pretty easily every 24 hours. And that first half inch of the roots typically bare. It, it doesn't much have uh, any sort of soil uh, stuck to it. But then once you get back about half inch and if aggressive growth, maybe three quarters of an inch, you'll see just all kinds of soil particles stuck to that root. And, and that's from, uh, we've always said it's from different uh, uh, organic acids or, or pectins and those kind of things uh, sticking uh, soil particles to the root, and typically we've always used that as a as an indication of a healthy root system. So, when when we're looking for healthy, active, growing roots, we're looking: does the soil stick to it, and and do we see uh, root growth and extension at the tip? Because uh, we know several nutrients uh, just simply cannot come in. Like calcium, for example, has to come in through the the root tip because of its size and and those kind of things. But so all these things that we've done, we're just kind of assuming uh, it makes complete sense once you overlay uh, what you've discovered with the rhizophagy cycle is that, like you said, not only are you exuding the roots, the plant is exuding a cocktail of, um, uh, is nursing uh, these cells outside of its root with probably carbohydrates and the minerals that it needs to accomplish the mission that the plant has sent the microbe into the soil to accomplish. Uh, so... Um, I, I just think that's that's fascinating how your work really backfills uh, things that we have seen in the field uh, digging plants and, and, and to see what's going on. I, I think I think it does, Monty, and I'm amazed at the biology that you have at your fingertips. You know, from your own experience as an agriculturist, I mean, we see the same thing. And I, I mean, I you know the soil adhering to roots. But we've done experiments where we uh, remove microbes from plants uh, and then uh, compare that to uh, seedlings or plants where we added the microbes back in and you see that exactly that phenomenon. You see where there's no microbes, the roots will uh, be less developed but they will also not have soil adhering to it and they'll lack root hairs. And uh, where we put the microbes back in, uh, you see root hairs and you see soil adhering to those roots. And so I've had a different vision, uh, similar to what you've had with all that stuff out there. You know, you actually have a more advanced concept for that than I have. But my concept has been that those microbes themselves 
are going out and creating this life zone in that soil and causing those uh, those soil particles to stick to the root, you know, because those microbes are going out, out of those hairs. And so it changes the relationship of the plant with the soil, having those microbes there. You know, that's how I've stated it. But the reality is probably more what you stated, and that is that uh, there's a combination of plant root exudates out there and microbial activity, microbial exudates that makes that soil adhere together and also adhere to the, to the roots. So we see the same thing in experiments and, uh, you know, draw similar conclusions to what you, what you've observed. Well, I find this discussion just absolutely fascinating. Dr. White, uh, has just done some amazing things looking at a problem from a new perspective and really kind of found his way into it to discover what the rise of Hagee cycle is. I've had some fun talks with him, and I'm really glad that he was able to come and, and talk to us at Ag Emerge here in 2019. Really look forward to a continued conversation and research projects together with him in the future. So I hope you enjoyed this part one of the podcast. And I think maybe it'll shed a little light when I've been in the field with some of you that are listening. We dig plants and we look at the roots and we see what's going on there. And oftentimes we've described that we know there's a healthy uh, root microbiome activity going on when the soil's sticking to the roots. It's something you can do as a farmer. Uh, best thing you can do is get a, get a shovel and carry it with you in the back of the truck all the time. Get out there, dig plants, see what's going on. Do the plants have soil sticking to them? Do they... Uh, branch adequately? Are they growing straight? All these kind of things tell you about the health of the plant above ground by what's going on below ground. And that's what we focus on here at Ag Solutions Network is to know what is happening in all points of the plant's life. And we re it really starts below ground where the, the brains and the, the interactions of the plant are truly happening. So I encourage you, um, take and listen to what Dr. White has talked about and get out there in the field and see it going on in your own farm. And if you have questions about any of these things, feel free to reach out to us here at Ag Solutions Network or our local member dealer and help him or her work with you to determine what are the, what's going on in your soil, what's going on in your systems, how can you be more efficient? I don't know about you, but I think this is not only super cool, insert Kim kind of geeking out here, but seriously, this helps us to even further understand how the entire soil health system works. And it is a system. Plants and microbes and soil working together. We've got more work to do as we understand those intricacies of this system. And I hope you'll go on to listen to part two of what Dr. White's podcast tells us so we can learn even more. Thanks again for joining us. 